Hello, I'm Sam Logan, and you're listening to the podcast The Story Is, the podcast where we talk about the news when it happens about a few days ago. Uh, with me is my uh, re- returning guest and uh, good friend, Ryan Francis. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Sam. I'm honored to be uh, The Story Is political correspondent. I'm really honored. Oh, you are, uh, you're serving a great, uh, great tool as uh, we are uh, fair and balanced here. <laughs> as, uh, as I, uh, I have my conversations with my dad who holds up the, uh, the, the right end of the political spectrum. And you do a great job of uh, balancing that out on your end of the uh, political spectrum. So I appreciate that. No problem. Um, what we are talking about today, this is, uh, kind of a departure from the usual formula or any sort of series but in in light of uh this is kind of an emergency podcast because we're talking about the iowa caucus that happened this week i guess it happened and then there are rumors yeah there are rumors that happened it happened and then we have the approaching new hampshire primary yes where they act where they actually vote on things right <laughs> that in theory that's what's going to happen on, on next tuesday they're actually going to vote in new hampshire so we'll see right because not in new hampshire known as iowa mm. they got together they they got together in in gyms and church basements and they broke up the room like it was a i don't know a, a classroom game that you play red rover and yeah. then and and then you you try to uh, convince, and then in some cases you let people. Uh, Mayor Pete is uh, is married to a man, and then you watch the reaction. <laughs> oh man, yes. So I, I guess we should just kind of go over the Iowa caucus first of all, which basically you have to show up at a certain time mm-hmm. on a certain day. Yep. You come with your preference to vote, and if your candidate has 15% of the room that you're in supporting your candidate, your vote counts. If you do not have 15% of your neighbors agreeing with you, then you have to either pick somewhere, someone else or leave. Yeah. Basically how the Iowa caucus goes. It's kind of quaint. It uh, harkens back to a, a day when people would, you know, discuss politics as a community and make decisions. Um, but last Monday was anything but quaint. The actual caucus went okay. The caucuses, I guess you would say. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like people were voting. It seemed to take a little bit longer than it usually does. Um, but then what went wrong was actually counting how people decided to vote in these caucuses right because the uh the democrat party had thought you know what hey let's streamline this we're going to design an app so when they get their totals you know in whatever city they're you know whatever you know whatever room you're in you're like okay we've got our totals we'll send it into this app and things will go even smoother than before this is going to go great it's so much easier than having to call somebody up right because 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 usually the worst thing is terrible. Who wants to talk on the phone? That's exactly what I was going to say. The worst thing that can ever happen to you on your phone is somebody actually tries to call you. <laughs> so if they can make an app for that, all the better. Right. So in quaint Iowa, no different. Right. So they use this app and kind of similar to the Obamacare website, 
it doesn't really work out as planned. It doesn't. I, I want to go through a few of the details on this because I think they're interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is a Democratic Party group called Acronym that kind of is like a super PAC almost, but they they take money and they're they're actually creating uh, like left wing news websites that are pro democratic party. Um, so that's kind of what they're up to kind of to combat the Breitbart's and things of the world. Okay. Um, and they hired a company called shadow, which shadow incorporated probably is not a company you ever want to hire. Um, sounds pretty sinister, but they hired these <laughs> yeah, people. The only thing worse than that would be evil corp. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so they hire this company and the Iowa Democratic Party pays them $60,000 to create an app for them, which if you know anything about app development, that's pretty low price. You're probably going to get what you pay for um, in that regard. And this, I think most people have smartphones and they envision an app. You go into your app store and you download it and then use it on your phone. That was not the case mm-hmm. here. You had to download a testing app. And then, what? yes, for like, this is, this is an application for, there's one for Android and one for um, iPhone. I forget what they're called, but this is an app that people usually use to test apps before you put them out in the public. So you can get it on, right. so you can get it on your phone, make sure it works. Okay. So these, this app wasn't even in either of the app stores. So you had to download a test app. And then from the test app, you had to download the app to actually do the counting tabulations. So I don't know if you've ever tried to help your, your parent, your grandparent download one app on their phone. No, I have. It's so much fun. It's a minor miracle to get it to work. But two, impossible. So that's kind of what we ran into here. So they weren't even running off the official app stores. They were running off a test environment. And also the people who managed to pull off the miracle of downloading two apps and then reporting the results, the results would tabulate incorrectly. So not great, but the Iowa Democratic Party, they're on top of this. They have a backup plan. We have a phone number. Yeah. Well, they anticipated most people will be able to do it through the app. So they downstaffed and have as many people answering the phone as they usually do. And also, the internet got involved. Um, are you familiar yeah. with the website 4chan? Yes. Um, I, they, uh, because I believe the Dem- Iowa Democratic Party tweeted out the phone number to call, and then the 4chan trolls got to working. They did. They, uh, they had them flood the phone lines so people could get through. And I was watching the coverage. I don't know if you were at all, but I was watching on CNN, and there's this precinct officer i don't know what they call themselves i forget but he's there he's on hold and he's like you can hear the whole music in the background he's talking to wolf blitzer yeah (laughs) and he's like yeah i've been waiting like an hour and a half and then all of a sudden you hear in the background i was like iowa democratic party how can i help you or whatever and uh, he's like oh wolf i she just came on he's like wolf's like well leave us on the line he's like okay i'll do that and then he he goes to pick up the other phone and they hung up on him (laughs) (laughs) it's just the the sadness in the guy's voice when he admits (laughs) (laughs) i was like stop talking to wolf pick up the phone you've been waiting an hour and a half 
So I want, I wanted to know the results myself. I've been watching it for this for a couple hours and it was getting ridiculous. Um, so yeah, it, it worked out terribly. Um, and so there was no way to actually tabulate the results of what happened that night, which then you ran into like, the first one was Amy Klobuchar, who was like, all right, I'm going to give a victory speech. Why not? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's zero results reporting and we beat expectations was her. And then uh, yeah, a few other did the same thing, Bernie and, and Elizabeth Warren. And then Buttigieg went for it. He's like, tonight we have, we were victorious. It's like, wow. All right. Yeah. I watched all of their, I read all. And they all sound, they all sounded, you know, upbeat and measured. And then Buttigieg comes out with a ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I stand on top of Mount Olympus <laughs> as zero and your king. Yes. So. With zero. I like Mayor Pete. So way off in this moment. You can't just declare things and make yourself the winner. Yeah, it was like, pretty well. It. But it seems to have uh, worked. it seems to have worked for him because his poll numbers have gone up since. So I don't know. Maybe as as with everything, doing the wrong thing is the right thing. Well, yeah, his poll numbers in New Hampshire, I think, went up another twelve percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and it, it it eventually turned out that he did actually do quite well in Iowa. But he wasn't the undisputed winner as he declared himself to be. No. So on the first, as we talked about, when you come in there with your initial preference, um, mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders won that vote pretty handily by about six percent, I believe, in a uh, in a pretty big field. Um, and then on the second preference, kind of people seem to either uh, move their second preference from the the people who didn't get votes mostly to Buttigieg, which is what propelled him up. Um, and Sanders picked up a little bit of support on the second preference vote, but not as much. So it became much closer, but he was still up about 1% on Buttigieg. And then you run into a situation of um, state delegate, delegate equivalence is what they call it. So this whole caucus, basically what you're doing is you're electing people to go to the state to the state convention and then from the state convention you send people to the national convention now it works out as electoral college of sort it has kind of like if you're a rural county you have a little bit more power than you would if you were in a city so on that count at least initially after a few days of counting i might add they gave Buttigieg a very slim lead on the state delegate equivalent um virtual (laughs) virtual tie basically um so that was Buttigieg's claim to victory basically was that, but they're both going to get the same amount of national delegates out of this. So it's, it's a, it's a tie for all intents and purposes. Right. And even like what was it the day after, well, day one, we got no results. Zero, zero reporting. And then day two, we got 60%. Right. And then late that night, we got about 71%. I was like, this is insane. Yeah, it was, it's, I mean, I feel like if I had a Excel spreadsheet, I could have done this in a few hours, you know? <laughs> app free. Yeah. I don't need an app. It, it, it's pretty incredible how, how badly this was botched. Um, and I mean, there's still errors being found in like the totals, things that aren't making sense. There, there was one, I think it was, it was either Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday night where all of a sudden 
Buttigieg took the lead in the second preference vote, mm-hmm. but all Bernie's votes were going to like Deval Patrick and Tom Steyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe it. Which I don't think anybody caucused for Deval Patrick and uh, Tom Steyer did not do well on Monday night either. Um, so just crazy. It's uh, so it's 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 a bad look for the Democratic Party, obviously. And oh, it yeah, it didn't look good at all when people are pretty much parroting the uh, president or I don't know if he took it from someone else by saying, hey, they want to run our health care and they can't even uh, run a caucus. Right. Which, I mean, hopefully if there's Medicare for all, it won't be run by the Iowa Democratic Party. <laughs> but, um, but yes, it's 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 shooting fish in a barrel at this point. Right. It's uh, it's easy to make fun of uh, when your opponent is, you know, hitting every rake in the backyard and just whacking themselves in the face. So uh, yeah. it's a real sideshow Bob situation. It really is. Yeah. So yeah, so that's uh, that's Iowa. It, it didn't look great, um, and also it's I don't I don't know how much you are exposed to to left leaning political Twitter, but uh, the Sanders supporters can be pretty radical. Oh yeah, this is what I wanted to talk about was that there developed this conspiracy theory that Bernie started basically to win, and then the Dems were like, "Oh no, we can't have this." Right. Which in this situation is really absurd because literally you this isn't a this isn't a private ballot. Like you're making this vote in front of everybody. So yeah, there's no there's no faking it. Thousands of witnesses to everything that's going on. Uh so yes, this would not be an ideal environment to cheat. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty absurd. Right. So yeah, and they're uh they if if you recall, there was a there was a debate where Elizabeth Warren accused um, Bernie Sanders of saying a woman could never be president, basically, right? In private, so they would the uh, Bernie Sanders supporters called Elizabeth Warren a snake after that. So anytime she would post uh, anything on social media, you'd look through the the comments, the replies, uh-huh. and there, there'd be a lot of snake emojis in there. And let's just Bernie supporters trolling her, oh, um, and. It turns out that they've adopted that people to Jesus is a rat is what they're calling him. So it's I have rat. Seen that. Yes, there's rat emojis now for uh, people to judge. Which uh, they were quite upset with him declaring victory early, and there's accusations, right. as you said, of them cheating for Buddha judge to look better. Right, which uh, you know, I'm sure if uh, Thomas Jefferson had Twitter, he would have done the same thing to his political opponent. <laughs> opponents. <laughs> Oh, that Alexander Hamilton is a real rat. <laughs> the rat Hamilton. He's a rat Hamilton. Um, so yeah, very very elegant of the uh, of the Bernie supporters to do that. I've I've found that that specific uh, meme uh, inescapable. Yes, a lot of rat suit stuff. Um, what else? What after we got all of the results or pretty close to it? Tom Perez breaks the glass, and. Of the break this in the case of an emergency oh. and gets a, a fire hose and says, All right, we got to re canvas. Unbelievable. And, what in the world? and reportedly, the National Party has kind of taken over at this point. Uh-huh. 
Um, and they've, they're kind of, they're not letting Iowa do this on their own anymore. They're kind of observing and, and telling them what to do. So in that environment, he's like, okay, we need to recant. Like he thought this would fix it. I don't know. I, it made everything much worse. Everyone was like, oh, wow. A re-canvas. I mean, we'll figure out who won the Iowa caucuses, you know, when the next president's being sworn in, probably. That's when we'll figure it out. <laughs> right, which is actually goes to the weird, terrible uh, reputation the Iowa caucus has. Yeah. Because, on especially on the Republican side, I remember them having a history of them saying, okay, this person won, and then you wait a few weeks, and actually this person won. Um, yeah, Mitt Romney and Centorum in in 2012. I remember there was, yeah, that one went bad. I remember there being a story about what's the last time Ron Paul ran that supposedly he actually won the Iowa caucus. Yeah, um, it's just been it's been a screwed up, uh, far from perfect system that they've had for years. That at least from what I've heard, a lot of people posing the question: Was this the last time we're going to have the Iowa caucus? The initial reaction is yes. People don't believe we're going to do this ever again. Now, the whole go to your corners and everything, that's a that's only on the Democratic Party side. The Republicans mm-hmm. actually just show up and cast the ballot and leave. They have to show up at a certain time, um, but it's more primary-esque, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. and they still do like the speeches beforehand. Um, and famously, Joe Walsh showed up to one of the uh, Iowa Republican caucuses talked about how bad mm-hmm. talked about how bad the president was because he was running for the Republican nomination and yeah, yep. and he uh, did not really do very well <laughs> he immediately pulled out of the race after that um, but so they have that part of it <laughs> they have that part of it um, but the Democrats I could never envision them doing a traditional caucus again of you know breaking up into groups reaching your 15 percent and all that stuff um, I don't think they'd ever do that again. Um, but I, I wouldn't be so quick to throw dirt on it. I, so, I mean, if the Democratic nominee wins the presidency this election, things will be forgotten because it'll be at least eight years until a Democratic primary that uh, caucus in Iowa that matters again, right? Because the next one, it'll just be the president running for re-election. And eight years is a long time, people forget. Um, mm-hmm. And also, Iowans tend to be pretty protective of this, and Iowa's definitely trending red, um, but it's not the most um, unswingest state, if you will. There is possibilities for Democrats to win Iowa, so I don't know if you want to piss off that electorate or not. But I I could see it going away. Um, it, It was a disaster from top to bottom, for sure. Right, it was... them not focusing again. The other big point that was brought up was, do you think spot in the primaries? Like, they're the first state. Yeah, this goes back to uh, Jimmy Carter in 76. Uh, He, no one really cared about Iowa before that, but Jimmy Carter is like, well, they're technically first. Let's Mm -hmm. show up and make some noise. And he did. And he, and he and actually, the funny thing about that caucus is, is actually uh, unaffiliated or undeclared actually won the caucus. More people voted that than Jimmy Carter, but he was the candidate with the most votes. Yes, <laughs> but he was the candidate with the most <laughs> votes. 
And that gave him the momentum. And he ended up with a huge long shot bid to become the Democratic nominee. He actually won the nominee and won the presidency. So uh, that's what gave it its prominence. Um, and the reason they're a caucus is because New Hampshire is always the first primary because it's their state law, which is circular reasoning, but whatever. But that's how it works wow. out. So they, so they have to be a caucus, not a primary, because they want to go first. Um, and New Hampshire would just uh, move their data if they tried. That makes sense. Yeah, I found it interesting that the origin of the Iowa caucus, the idea actually came from McGovern. Yes. It, it was his idea. And then, so when they have the Iowa caucus, guess, guess who wins the Iowa caucus? McGovern. McGovern. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to design. <laughs> Win. Way to, way to go. Yeah. So should we talk about uh, the race going so, forward? To quote Josh Lyman, we have to go to New Hampshire. <laughs> yes, the West Wing. We got the big mo. All right. So New Hampshire's coming up. It seems like Sanders will likely win New Hampshire. Uh, there is a little bit of disagreement in the polls. There is one poll. Suffolk University is running a tracking poll that has showed um, a Buttigieg surge, if you will. He's at 25% in that poll, and Sanders is at 24%. Um, but overall, if you look at 538, which is the preferred website I use for uh, election uh, projections, uh, he has a polling average of 25%, Sanders does, and Buttigieg is at 19.6%. Um, so it looks like Sanders will probably win New Hampshire, um, which, which brings up mm. someone we haven't really talked about during this whole conversation. That's Joe Biden. Right, which is telling. The huge front runner this entire time hasn't come up in our conversation, didn't come up in Iowa, doesn't look like he's going to come up in New Hampshire. So I was going to ask you, if he doesn't, if he doesn't actually get the number two spot in New Hampshire, is he done? I don't. I mean, he might be. Uh, it's a lot of people are making excuses for Biden, um, saying, "Well, these aren't good states for him. Most of his support um, resides with minority support with the black and Latino populations." Uh, the black population, mm -hmm. obviously, because he was President Obama's vice president. So that kind of transferred over a little bit. Um, but it's not like he's finishing second or third. He's finishing behind three other candidates. Uh, I don't care what the state is. You have to do better than that if you're going to be a front runner. Um, I think his backup has always been South Carolina, which is the fourth state. After New Hampshire, you have Nevada, and then after that, you have South Carolina. His polling is, we haven't had polling in a while in South Carolina, but his polling in South Carolina has always been good. Um, he's always had a double-digit lead in that state. Uh, so I guess we'll have to see what the polling does, but I have a tough time believing that he can lose states and still be the first choice for most people in South Carolina. I guess we'll see. Um, a lot of people think demographics are king in these situations and, and and he'll be able to survive that. But if he doesn't win South Carolina, he is done. I would, I would not be surprised if he drops out before super Tuesday, because 
another thing people don't talk a lot about, but is mentioned, he has probably the least cash on hand of any of the top four contenders. He's struggling. He's struggling for money. Um, and because he's very dependent on large donors and large donors don't want to give you money mm-hmm. if it looks like you're going to lose. Um, right. So, and Sanders has this huge network of small donors and he just sends out an email and he gets like $5 million. It's crazy. Yeah. twenty seven <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So I would not put my money on Joe Biden right now. I always personally thought he was a weak front runner. I always thought his support was soft. He's a bad campaigner. He went around to Iowa just yelling at people, say go vote for somebody else then. Um, anytime somebody disagreed with him. That's what, yeah, that's what I've never understood about the Joe Biden craze was he's never been good at campaigning no. for president. No. Ever. Ever. He's rarely even gotten out of the starting right. block. Well, the previous two yeah. times he ran, he did terrible in Iowa and dropped out. Oh, right. When he wasn't being accused of uh, plagiarism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which that whole thing was, I think he kind of got a raw deal yeah. on, but still. I agree. It just goes to him just being a bad campaigner, which is last time I checked, really crucial. To it is, yes. You, he's he's they call it a rose garden campaign. He was trying to run. He he he's not out in the public a lot, and you can see why he's not very good at it. But you you can't win the nomination that way. It's, he's not an incumbent. He's he's running against other people. Um. So, yes. So, if I were to game it out personally, I would think Sanders would win. New Hampshire on Tuesday. He's probably he's probably the mm-hmm. favorite in Nevada. There are some rumblings about Harry Reid, who runs Nevada, basically former majority leader and minority leader in the Senate. Um, he is not a Sanders mm-hmm. fan, and um, especially in Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a union town because all the all the casinos have union labor. Um, so there are some rumors that. Um, Harry Reid is going to direct the uh, the union um, leadership to not support Sanders. Now, I, don't, I guess he would have to support Buttigieg at that point. Um, but Nevada is a much, right. Nevada is a much more diverse state than the than Iowa or New Hampshire. So, and right. Buttigieg has not shown so any support in minority um, demographics at this point. Right. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Which might help uh, Biden. Um, the other thing about Nevada, it's also a caucus. It is. It is a caucus as well. They were going to use the same app, apparently, that Iowa is going to use. <laughs> I was just going to ask, are they, they going to fix that app? They're going app free. They've, they've <laughs> declared themselves app free. They're going to use the phones, I guess. Um, <laughs> so so they learned Iowa's lesson in that in that regard. But, but gaming it out, I would say I could see Sanders taking the first three contests. Um, and then the question is, what happens to South Carolina? And uh, if Biden collapses, the candidate that's shown the most support other than Biden in minority groups like African-Americans and Latinos is actually Sanders. So you would think his that support would go to Sanders, which would give him the first four states and I, I, you don't lose the nomination when you win the first four states. It just never happens. No, usually doesn't wow. win the first so two. Look, wow. 
so we're really looking at the the potential for this to be wrapped up pretty early. The only wild card is Bloomberg. Oh, you, uh, Mr. Monopoly money that's open, who's putting all of his money on. <laughs> he is spending like crazy. I live in Wisconsin, which doesn't have a primary until like April. I see Bloomberg ads all the time. Yeah, I'm getting them Cal- I mean, California is a Super Tuesday state this year. So right. that makes sense. But why am yeah. I in Wisconsin getting yeah. ads? I've seen more Bloomberg ads than I ever saw Hillary Clinton ads during the election in 2016. Well, that's a different thing. Uh, Hillary didn't. She forgot we were a state. It was sad. She forgot we were a state. Uh, But yeah, Bloomberg, he's. That's what ticks me off about Bloomberg. He thinks he can actually buy this election. Yeah. I I don't think he'll be successful. Um, And the reason being, it's going to be, it's going to run into very similar 2016, right? Um, other than New Hampshire, which he won pretty big, Donald Trump won all these states with less than 40% of the vote, right? That's and right. it went out the field, and people were like, well, they'll all rally around somebody else, whether it be Ted Cruz or John Kasich. All these, all these other candidates are dropping out. Their supporters are going to go to the Trump alternative. But that did not happen. He got, his, he got nope. his slice of the pie just like everyone else did, and then he's at 40, 50% instead of 30, 40% um, in these states. Mm-hmm. And he ran away with it. I, I, I think the same thing would happen for Sanders. I, I do not see Democratic Party moderates rallying around Bloomberg because it, despite Sanders being more to the left than most of the party, his approval ratings are still pretty high in the party. They're like in the 70s. He's not like a hated member of the party, which would probably higher than what Trump had in 2016 at the time. Um, so mm-hmm. I, unless something happens on Tuesday, like Buttigieg, a surprise win by Buttigieg could shake up the whole thing again. And then you're talking about stuff like contested convention. Right. Which I think, uh, people have already jumped on that idea incredibly yes. early, just purely based on the fact of how the number of candidates which I think is insane to talk about this before New Hampshire about a broken right. convention. I think they're just, I think they're just filling space. That's true. But I, I'm talking about 538 again, which has a, a model for the primaries this year. They have uh, they have different metrics. So winning more than half of the pledged delegates, they give Sanders at this point a 45% chance of that happening. The second most likely scenario, no one gets it. 24%. So it's Yes, really? that's their second most likely scenario that wins the majority. Now, you could run into a situation where Sanders falls like just short, basically. He doesn't have a majority, but he has a clear plurality. And, and then, mm-hmm. I mean, they, to take it away from him at that point would be a disaster. The, the party would completely split in two, and you're just giving Donald Trump, you know, another, another term. Um, so, yeah. so you could run into that scenario. So, 24% isn't exactly the odds of it being a broker convention, according to 538, but it's the second most likely scenario in terms of who gets, if someone gets half of the pledge delegates or not, it's either Sanders or bust at this point, according to 538. And thinking of looking forward, um, 
do you think we're going to keep hearing more negative comments from Hillary Clinton about Bernie Sanders as the race goes on? I w- <sighs> because that was a weird, I felt like that was a weird left hook out of nowhere of, of the, uh, and tied in with the Hillary Clinton documentary about her negative comments about Bernie coming up and then her doubling down on that with the subsequent exactly i mean how easy would it have been to say hey we were in the heat of the campaign at that time i uh you know i i would be happy to support bernie if he's nominee that's all he had to say but no i'm gonna double down the the lack of self awareness and the lack of ownership of what happened in 2016 by hillary clinton is pretty astounding um, as we just highlighted, she did not visit the state of Wisconsin, which uh, mm-hmm. was a key state in the Electoral College. And I, I literally yeah. did not see a Hillary Clinton ad until a few days before the election on the television. I saw Trump ads all the time. Um, that alone should, and same th- similar thing happened in Michigan. She did visit Pennsylvania quite a bit, but she lost there too. Um, it was a poorly run campaign, but she seems to think it's Bernie Sanders' fault, which is mind blowing. Um, so, right. um, very much playing the victim. So I don't, I, I don't understand her mindset right now. So I could see her continuing to do this, and I don't think it really matters much. Her, her sway in the party is pretty limited at this point, but she's Hillary Clinton, so she's always going to get media attention when she uh, has something to say. So, do you think she? Do you think she's uh, a? like maybe a cipher for anybody else like is she do you perceive her as being the uh maybe the voice of the establishment that's afraid to say something yeah that 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 does make sense um there's it kind of i don't understand how you can be so confident in something when you've been so wrong in the past and i think that's like the democratic party establishment right now they actively (laughs) wanted hillary clinton to get the nomination last time right that was actively what they yeah. wanted. And not so secretly, they actively wanted Donald Trump to get the Republican nomination because they thought he was a weak candidate. Um, yep. Kind of wrong on both counts. Um, I would argue that both parties probably picked the worst candidate that year. Um, that was a- Yes, they did because they were both the most unlikable across the board candidate. right so the only person trump that was we've ever seen in a general right election. the only person trump could have beat was hillary clinton and the only candidate hillary clinton could probably could have beat was donald trump it turns out we just had a really close election that trump won um so i don't know how you go through that and then say you know what i i think sanders would be a disaster you don't know just let the voters pick let them decide I mean, doesn't it make sense that the person who has the most support within the party probably is your best candidate? Stop trying to game out and decide what Americans are thinking because you clearly don't know. Um, so, but I, I agree with you. It, it seems to be that's what the party establishment thinks. They think Sanders would be a disaster for them. Um, like I mentioned before, there's rumblings about what Harry Reid's going to do in Nevada to stop Sanders, possibly. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a party insider as it gets. Um, so... That's probably the prevailing wisdom in the party, but I think the party should realize they don't, they're not very good at this. So stop trying to be the puppet master and just let it play out. 
Right, because if any sort of shenanigans happens, like happened last last time with Hillary and Bernie, with the uh, with the emails with the DNC chair, right. just I mean, I still remember the Democrat convention back then when Hillary was nominated. I mean, I thought the building was going to tear itself apart yeah. with the with the Bernie crowd. Yeah. That looked, I I, I felt I was kind of frightened for for the Hillary people is like wow what is what am i about to see here and i'm i'm glad nothing terrible happened um it was almost as bad as when ted cruz went in the republican convention stood up there and said vote your conscience and then a lot of people just yelling say his name say his name yeah that was a classic moment that was that was just a that was a year of fever pitch conventions that I don't think this year is going to match. I don't know. I, I think this year is going to be the craziest yet. I really do. I think I think twenty sixteen is going to be from start. I mean, it's already pretty crazy. You know, we talked about Iowa, um, but I think like all political norms are out the window. I personally don't believe. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be debates this this election. Uh, between the general election candidates, I don't think Trump's really. Yeah, I don't think Trump's going to debate. He's already floated it. Basically, um, he doesn't think the the co- the committee that decides the parameters of the um, presidential debates. He doesn't think they're fair. Hmm. Um, so he's already floated that. So I don't think he's going to even debate. Because honestly, if you watch him right now, he's not that sharp. He's like stumbling off a wall through his words right now. Um, mm-hmm. He, his rallies are actually a little bit shorter than they've been lately because it seems like he doesn't have as much energy. He had that weird thing where he went to the hospital for a physical part one or something. So I, I think there's something going on in terms of he might not be up for it and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to put himself in a position to be embarrassed. So he's just not going not gonna to bother. That would that would make sense. Uh, I I I think the uh, and the most likely candidate uh, that he'd be facing, uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, Heart attack. Both these guys. Both these guys. Both these guys are uh, are you know dodging the Grim Reaper. Yeah, they're in their seventies. Uh, which which brings me to the odd to the question of I and I think this will be where we wrap it up. Are you? Are you bothered at all by how old the, especially the Democrat candidates are? I mean, we got Biden, we got Bernie, even even Warren is uh, kind of on Seven. the older side. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that people that are older than seventy, you know, don't have somebody to contribute. Um, I'm a big fan of them. My dad's over 70. He's a big fan. I'd, I'd listen to what he has to say. But I think we both agree that, you know, my dad's better off, you know, doing his job where he's, he's at. And I don't think he wants to do, uh, you know, the, the, the hardest job in the world in, in the Oval Office. But somehow yeah, we have I... people even older than my dad who are both occupying the office and want to be in the office. I agree. Um I don't think Biden should even run. I think he clearly doesn't have his – I don't know if he ever had a fastball, but he clearly doesn't have it anymore. I was really surprised. Sanders is 77. He's quite old. He recently had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, fairly minor, obviously, but he had a heart attack. Um, he's very old. Be, 
I think he's going to be 78 by by the by the time of the for, of the election. He's going to be 78. Okay. At least, either by the election or by the time he's sworn in. Right. So we will have an 80-year-old president that's never happened before. Oh. Um, uh, and, and yeah, we might have an 80-year-old president. There's no guarantees he would win, obviously. Um, yeah, I felt like I Warren's 70, and I feel like that's kind of the cutoff. And also, she, also she's a woman. I mean, just basic um, you know, statistics will tell you women live longer than men. Right. Um, so should so 70 for her might not be as a big a deal as it is for Biden or Sanders or President Trump, too. He's in his 70s as well. Bloomberg is in, in his mid-70s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Buttigieg, who's uh, quite young. Like all these people could be his grandparents. So he's thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, so yes, I, it does concern me. Right I, there, I, I would rather have a right candidate there. like Cory Booker's age or something like that. On you know, some, some where what happened to that? You know, or President Obama's age or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm not a fan of all these older candidates. It does. I'm not saying just because you're old, you're not qualified, but. Like, especially Biden, I don't think he's up to it at all. No. And it's, it's yeah, it's it's not a biased thing as much as it is a, we need you to be able to live in order to do the job. It's it's four years. Can you give us four years? Yeah. Not to mention eight? Yeah. And you know they'll run again, obviously. No one runs for one term unless you have, like, started a, or you have a bad war in Vietnam going or something. That's the last time that's happened. So, yeah, or unless you're uh, James K. Polk, <laughs> right? It's been a while. He's it's been a while. Term and that's it. Yeah, I'm Audi five thousand heading back to Texas. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, it does yeah. concern me. But at the same time, I I've always really enjoyed this stuff. Um, elections fascinate me. Um. So I'm, I'm, I've been following it. Like I sat in front of my TV like an idiot waiting for some result in Iowa to come up for three hours or more. Watch, <laughs> watching Jake Tapper just berate people at, at their caucuses. <laughs> Making fun of these Biden people who didn't have enough to be to get 15%. And he's like, hey, what you going to do? <laughs> so I watched that. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for this stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. That's the they're they're the best because the CNN's the one that has the uh, giant, uh, you know, iPad that you can zoom in on the different uh, districts and everything that John King is manipulating. Yes, like he had nothing to do. They kept going back to John King, and he'd be like, "Oh, there's still nothing." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Well, I I appreciate this, Ryan. We'll definitely be talking again as this is uh, primary season. Uh, as we get, uh, you know, past New Hampshire, especially with uh, uh, Super Tuesday. Yeah, and, you uh, if you decide what you're going to do. What am I going to do? I don't know if um, me as a uh, as a registered libertarian, I don't my options are uh, not looking good. Uh, so in California, you have to be registered. They don't have an open primary. It's closed. I believe they they it used to be open, but I believe they, they closed it at least recently based off the. Uh, Voter information I got now. I'm. It's a. It's a bunch of uh, arm wrestling champs and uh, ex <laughs> ex clowns from the circus. I assume. And Lincoln Chafee. Oh, he's running. Right. He's running for the Libertarian ticket. That's right. The man who's in favor of the metric system. 
It's not wrong. He's running again. <laughs> Lincoln Chafee going for party number three. Way to go, Lincoln. He's keeping it. Uh. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. We'll uh, wrap it up there. Uh, and I'm sure I'll talk to you again. Take it easy, Sam. Have a good one. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Down the campaign trail.